welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. As you know, every week, I love talking to you about the journey that you're on and raising your daughters and being able to help your daughters to be those self-reliant people that we want them to be in their lives. And we can't do that alone. Every week we have to be able to interact with other people, but also I love being able to every week bring you different dads that are doing fatherhood in a little bit different way because each of us does fatherhood in a little bit different way. And there are amazing fathers that are doing things to engage with their kids, to help their kids, to help other fathers. And this week, we're going to meet another great dad that is not only raising six kids, but he is on a mission to help fathers in many different ways through a nonprofit that he started called Fathers on a Mission. We're going to learn about that. LeVar Robinson is with us. As I said, he is a father of six. He's got two daughters and four sons. And We're going to talk about that as well, because there's a lot of balancing when you have a large family, and I'm really excited to have him here. LeVar, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I am really excited to be able to talk to you this morning. I guess, first and foremost, I love being able to turn the clock back in time. I know you've got six kids, and as you think about your daughters, and I know you have two daughters, can you tell me what was going through your head when you first found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter? I think... When I first found out, I think my first child you know, was my oldest daughter, Thais. I think it wasn't just that being a daughter, just being a father and peer, right? You know, what am I doing? What am I getting myself into? And actually, at that point in time, you know, uh, over 20 years ago, you know, I, at that point in time, I probably was like mind boggled, didn't really understand the fulfillment of it, didn't understand the duties of it. So that's what it was. You know, it was something that I you know my father was in my life. So that was something I was trained or taught up. You know, prepared to be. It was a different feeling from the first daughter to the second daughter. So in the fathers that I talk to, a lot of times there's some feeling of fear when it comes to raising daughters. What I hear from a lot of dads is a lot of it comes down to the not knowing and not living the same lived experience. But talk to me about what was the biggest fear that you felt so far in raising daughters in today's society? I would say it went from not knowing what to do to making sure they're prepared, making sure they're prepared for adversity, for challenges, for guys that are about games. Just know. So at this point of life, is make sure that they are prepared. Can you go a little deeper on that? What, when you say be prepared, talk to me about that. What, what kind of things are you doing to prepare your daughters? Right. You know, you no know, talking to them about the different challenges in life when it comes to dating, when it's the appropriate time, you know, right now being focused on education. Right. I do a lot of mentoring. It's the same message when it comes to education is on both sides. Whether it's my own kids or who come to mentoring, you know, education. Yes. You no, know, everybody says education is the key to success. However, education is important just to make decisions. Right. So just have make sure they understand that, you know, in order for you to make the best decisions possible for your life as you grow, education is important. Without education, you won't even be able to make decisions that you need to make. And that includes when it comes to doing what's best for your own self as a young lady, but then also when it comes as you grow older to start dating. So one, I guess my, I'm going to say the biggest fear, but the preparation part is preparing them so that they can make better decisions than what I made in my life and what others make in life. It's just so that, yeah, the better decisions are, are made, right? So having those options 
and understanding to think through things before you just jump out there and do it. That and also just being observant around your surroundings. You know, there's a lot of sex trafficking and, and evil things out there. So again, just taking a lot of what's here in society, not necessarily hiding it from them, right? Just having those conversations about um, these are realities. These are p- possibilities. If you, you know, be in the wrong area, if you, you know, make the wrong decision, if you hang around the wrong type of people, even though you, you could be in a perfect situation and something happens, but you have a better chance of not getting into these type of situations if you surround yourself with the right type of people, if you have yourself, if you're in the right areas and be observant, but yet, and, but yet still also enjoy yourself and have fun. Now, I know you said that your oldest is one of your daughters, and then you have another daughter as well. And I guess as you've raised now two daughters and you're raising two daughters, what has been the hardest part in raising your daughters? I would say, I mean, not knowing what they're thinking, right? That, you know, no matter how much you pour into them, you don't know what's in their minds, right? Unless they share, I can tell, you know, a huge difference is what I've learned over my years has transpired to what I pour into my nine-year-old versus what I didn't know to my oldest one when she was nine, right? So I was able to pour not as much then because I didn't know as much then. So as I grow, so as time passed over the years, now I try to go back and share those things with the older one. It's going to be a, a different tune because those things weren't shared at a younger age. But however, when you have the respect part put in, at least the ears are open to listening to what you're saying. But I think the younger one takes it in more because the respect factor was defined in a different way than it was compared to 20 years ago. And having two different daughters that are two very different ages and at two very different points in their lives, along with having four other kids, how do you build those unique relationships with each of your daughters? It's balancing time, right? It's a lot of things that I do and it all takes balance and being intentional. That's one of the parts that was a learning curve for myself, you know, balance and maturity, right? Going from, you know, I can't do it or this is too much or not trying to understand it, but maturity and then also receiving mentoring, reading books, listening to other methods. So not just thinking that, hey, my way is the only way to do it, especially if I have no idea, but just finding out best practices and learning about it, right? Twenty Again, 20 years ago, I didn't know about best practices. I didn't know about balancing time and being intentional. So as you grow older, you also should grow wiser. So just taking those practices and those learnings into life and learning that balance is key in anything that we do when it comes to children, even with life. As you think about the two daughters that you have, and with every child, there are experiences, there are memories, there are things that you've shared that really, really allow for you to be able to connect with one another. What's been the most memorable experiences that you've been able to share thus far with each of your daughters? Just off the top of my thoughts, just you know, just sharing the point about I love you, right? I think those are one of the, if nothing else is shared, that is so, so very, very important. And coming from the heart, right? You know, the, the eye contact, and regardless whether it's, uh, you know, uh, disagreement with the older, the oldest one or not, just let you know that, you know, hey, I love you. That is something that's very, that I, that I won't forget. And then also anything, any lessons that I'm teaching, anything that I'm teaching to help them 
become a better young lady to be successful in their lives. At the end of the day, my goal is to look back and say, hey, I did my best. There's a lot of things that I've learned along the way. And as I learn those things, I implement them and put them in place, even if it means changing something on my side, doing that. Oh, here's one thing. So my youngest daughter, this is something I have done for the first time. I asked her. And because of the strong personality that I have, it's kind of hard, per se, for the inner me, for the man side. But actually, I say, you know, is there anything that I can do better as a father. So I think asking that question is something that, 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 that'll stick with me. And surprisingly, she told me no. She said, you are you. You know, you do things differently from other people. She said she, she's good with it. And it made me feel good, you know, because I do realize that I installed disciplines and different things in order to, for the kids to understand that, hey, things are not just given to you, right? Even though, you know, their life is a lot better than what mine is, as far as when I was a kid. But they earn things, right? They're not just giving it to them. So just knowing that they understand that you earn things, you know, things are not just given to you is uh, another strong thing that uh, by them understanding that point is something that, I, that, that definitely will stick with me. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you started a nonprofit back in 2017 called Fathers on a Mission, and you've been working hard to try to engage fathers in different ways. So take me a little bit back in time and tell me about the impetus of what started Fathers on a Mission and what made you decide that you wanted to jump into the nonprofit world to help fathers in this way. I launched Fathers on a Mission in 2017, but before then, I did a lot of maybe about 10 years of mentoring in the community, mentoring in schools, volunteering with different organizations. And I thought about my life. You no, know, I grew up in poverty. Father wasn't in my life by his own choosing. And I thought about, you know, what else can we do besides meeting with these young people two, three times a month to help, right? You know, whatever we share with them in these two hours, you know, they still go back home to a household and depends on if this, if this household shares the same values that we're sharing with the young young people that we was mentoring. And so I thought about it. I'm a man of faith, a believer, and I prayed about it. And I looked at myself and said, okay, what would have helped me be a better person you know, in my younger days coming up? And I thought about my dad not being there. Uh, my mom, she never said anything negative about my dad. Never, ever, ever not once. So, you know, even as an adult, I had my conversations with him. It was about his own choosing to not be there. So I thought about what if we start having those conversations with the heads of the household, right? With the fathers, regardless of single, married, or whatever the case may be. I'm having these conversations, supporting fathers, you know, giving them some help to see whatever help they could, could use to help them be the best father they could be. So I actually wanted to do that wanted to work with fathers through other uh, organizations. You know, I, I come from a chemical plant background, right? Right. You know, Navy submarines, you know, North of Grimen, yada, yada. So I had no interest or ideal in going into the business or nonprofit business world. But as I did this, where I, as I worked shift work, the point was that nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to change what they focus was. So if there was the working with mothers, they wanted to work with mothers. If there's doing mentoring of youth, they want to do mentoring of youth. Nobody wanted to work with fathers. So again, after some prayer, it was something that God put in me to do it. Even the name Fathers on a Mission, you know, that all came from God. So I did some research while still working shift work for the chemical plant and just got more and more involved and interested in starting something to support fathers. So I started off, you know, what, what can at least the first thing I could do is at least have create a space for fathers to come and talk about the successes and struggles of fatherhood. So found the guy to put together the papers, fill out the paperwork, submit the paperwork for the 501c3, got that in 30 days, which was remarkable timing. And so in 2017, we started having monthly fatherhood meetings where we discussed the struggle successes of fatherhoods. I thought about pillar topics, topics that would generate conversation, spark conversation, have open floor discussions. 
And then, you know, my daughter, she wanted to do a dance. I said, okay, hey, let's put together a father and daughter dance. So December, we have had our first father-daughter dance, December the same year. Again, we still had our monthly fatherhood meeting. So we started doing these things. But one thing I found that with men, we have pride, right? So it's not as easy to get men to come out and start talking about fatherhood, especially because, no, it's men most of the time we're talking about sports, politics, women, everything except for fatherhood. It's rarely that you walk upon a conversation of a guy talking about successes and failures of fatherhood maybe at a sporting events for the kids if we're there talking about some things maybe but it's very very rarely so that was something different that i wanted to create to get guys to come in and just be comfortable and like they say let your hair down and have those conversations so again you start thinking about different things creating bonding events and activities for fathers and kids but also the educational side, regardless of the race regardless of the status we just focus on the one common term of fatherhood and go from there. And so every year it has grown, start getting more support and more sponsorships to have these events and activities and educational sessions for fathers and father figures. So from what I can see, it looks like a lot of the programs that you're doing are are localized in the Baton Rouge area. Have you started getting more interest from outside of your area that people want to start programming in other areas too? That's funny because yes, we have. And no, we'll take the information down and tell them to stand by because right now we're still trying to get it structurized. I actually just started working for it full time in April. So it's needed and it's a different capacity, different lane you can jump into. And so uh, I took the leap of faith and here, here I'm doing it. And our goal is to go statewide. So sometime down the road, once we fulfill the commitment of making it throughout the state as we need it and then uh, going regional, hey, the sky's the limit, right? Whatever we can do to support fathers and father figures know that we'll ultimately build up families is our goal. So there's a need for it. Um, and we're building it in that, in, that, in that direction. So yes, agencies in Mississippi and Alabama have reached out and we told them at this time, we, you know, we had these conversations, but hold up, give us some time to strengthen it here in Baton Rouge in the state. And we'll definitely reach out as we start to expand outside of Baton Rouge. That's amazing. Now, I- As you are working with fathers, one of the things that you mentioned was your own experience was one of a fatherless home. And I guess one question that I have is not every dad, not every father would, from your background, would be able or would be willing to break the cycle. What did you have to do to break the cycle and to be able to change the path for yourself so that you were not going down the same road that your own father did? Having an inner talk with myself and wanting to make a difference, right? Wanting to see a change. And I think being a man of faith, you know, being a believer uh, growing up, you know, and uh, my mom taking us to church and understanding church, but also having a transformation period in my life as a young man, probably around my late 20s, early 30s, realizing, hey, you know, I need to make a change for the best. And part of the change for myself as a man was changing as part as as changing my values as a father. So I think that's the most important part of it. Men have to understand and realize that they want better. When it comes to better, regardless of what it is, the word change has to be involved. You know, when it comes to success, to all this change has to be involved. So unfortunately, yes, there are going to be uh, guys that uh, they just decide for whatever reasons not to evolve, not to be in the kid's life. But only thing we could do is take it day by day and just at least have the information and the resources there for them to, if they decide to make that change, to become a better father if needed, regardless if it's something drastic or even small, 
you know, it's, it's, it's worked a while. I'll share a quick story with you. One of our congressmen that goes to D.C. all the time, he attended one of our meetings in 2019. And that meeting title was Being There, But Being There. And of course, let's focus on being there, but actually being there, right? You're in a space with your child. They're on the floor playing or they're somewhere playing and you're on the phone or you're on the laptop or whatever or talking with the guys, but you're not actually spending time, bonding time with our kids. And he, at the end of our meeting, he shared with us that he realized that he never really understood until we had that meeting that he's there, but not there with his kids. You know, he's there physically, but mentally and and having uh, interactions with his children, he wasn't doing that. So that that was something he was appreciative of. So I say that to say, again, it doesn't have to necessarily be a father who may have grown up without a father or a father in poverty. It could be somebody that's very successful. And just don't realize that they're not spending the right quality time uh, with the kids that's needed. You know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you understand that by being there and being there, when kids grow older and they have those questions and desires and questions to ask by us as fathers being involved and interacting with the kids at a young age, they grow up to being able to go back to dad and say, hey, I have this question. I have this problem. I have this issue. Right. As compared to as compared to not being there. They're going to grow up well all my life. Dad never asked a question. He never interacted with me. So I don't feel comfortable going and talking to him. But we won't know that because they're not going to share that with us. That's going to be a mental thought. So now they're going to go outside of the home and ask people who may probably give them the wrong direction because they don't love and care for the child, or for our teen or even young adult as we should and as we do. So it's a very humbling experience. Again, you know, just looking back to breaking the cycle, breaking the generational conditioning that people have been tuned to and realizing that, hey, um, it takes more than just being a, a financial and a home provider. You know, it's also the interactions, that love, and that care. In the work that you do, you get to interact with a lot of different men from a lot of different walks of life that have different stories, different experiences that have brought them to working with you in different ways. As you think back to the last few years that you've been working with these men, what's been the biggest takeaway for yourself that has either helped you to be a better father or has reframed the way that you think about fatherhood? I would say that somewhere there's always someone that has a similar situation than yours, right? No situation is different. So there are some unique situations, but there's always someone out there that has similar situation. And there's always some type of something that can be done to learn from it. For myself, you know, it's just knowing that there are really guys out there that want to talk, they want to share, they want to discuss and even ask questions. They want to be pointed to the right, the different resources to support them in what they're doing. So I think just changing the, the narrative of life when it comes to fathers and also showing that there are more fathers active than what the world portrays, you know, is another thing that brings comfort. You know, there is a lot more caring fathers. You no, know? it's just a humbling experience, you know, just being able to help guys and even in myself, you know, with, with all this, I do. I learn myself, you know, with our fatherhood meetings, we have subject matter experts come through and share them different information. So it's a learning experience for myself also. So all around the curve, all the guys, fathers, we're learning or even sharing mentoring each other and wishing for the best outcomes possible. Well, Avari, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing to be able to engage fathers in, in these different ways. If people want to find out more about what you're doing with Fathers on a Mission, where should they go? Yeah, so please visit our website, fathersonamission.com. We talk about our mission and vision. We even have our events page showing the different events we have. 
Also, we have a Facebook page, Foam. I think it's Foam LA. So you can search Foam, F-O-A-M. You see our logo, you click on it, you can see all the different things that we're doing. We also have a Twitter page and Instagram. I, I would say Google Foam. I couldn't even tell you what those handles are. More of our information is definitely put on our website and our Facebook page. We do raffle tickets for guys for Father's Note. Like, I think we did a football tickets to the LSU game a couple weeks ago and, you know, just put opportunity for fathers to say, you know, what does fatherhood mean to you? And so we, whomever feels that make leaves a comment of what fatherhood means to them, uh, as far as the fathers, we'll do a raffle and raffle off and give out free tickets or, you know, uh, different things. We do a lot of raffles at our, 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 our fatherhood meetings also. But yes, please visit our, father, our website, fathersonemission.com. You can definitely reach out to us if you have any questions, any uh, suggestions. Hey, we're not a closed-minded. We're a very open-minded organization. So, and again, providing resources for fathers, regardless of mental health connections, job opportunities, you name it. You know, we are trying to support guys, even re-entry, right? We support fathers and father figures the best way possible. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five questions to delve a little bit deeper into you as a dad. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. Now, when was a time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? I would say the first time they ran up and hugged me and said, thank you. I can't remember what the exact thing was, but I would say when, when I got that hug, thank you. Now, if I was to talk to your kids, especially your daughters, how would they describe you as a dad? <laughs> dad with values, because I, I promote values, values and earning things. That's what I would think. <laughs> now, who inspires you to be a better dad? I said my kids. You've given a lot of different pieces of advice today and a lot of different things for people to think about. But as you think about the work that you do with fathers and what you've learned about fatherhood over the years, what advice would you give to every father? Communicate with your kids. Communicate, inspire, lead, be responsible, be active. Take out time, be intentional. You know, those are a lot of key points. You know, have a value system, teach your kids values, stick to your values. At the end of the day, you want to be able to look back and say, you know, I did my best. I mean, doing your best with me would, would be not bending, not going through with ideals and things that you want to do to make sure your child is successful. Because at the end of the day, they, they're going to remember what we installed in them, show that love. Well, LaVar, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the passion and the work and the day-to-day activities that you're doing to engage fathers locally, in your state, and beyond. And I wish you all the best. Hey, man, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to come out and share, man. Uh, It's definitely a privilege and an honor. So I definitely thank you for the invitation. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week. 
all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be